This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Deep South Dining is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. From fried chicken and collard greens to shrimp and grits and a glass of sweet tea. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or download our MPB Public Media app. Morning to you. It is time for Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. And today, amongst the things we'll be talking about, well, there's a new built-in AI-driven chat co-pilot that's going to said to be transforming Windows 11 starting in June. We can talk about that. Uh, there's a new Instagram Twitter clone. I've already heard several times about what there's going to be a new Twitter clone out there, and that seems to never work. At least not like Twitter does anyway. And hey, Apple users, iPhone users, finally, you have a real ChatGPT experience in your pocket. The ChatGPT official app is now available for your iPhone. You can stop using one of those gimmicky knockoffs. Android folks, you're up next. Jeremy, good morning. What's going on? How are you? Hey, good morning, Jay. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, doing all right today. Uh, had some made some progress with my uh, computer. Uh, you know, I talked about it at great length last week about how I built a new machine, mm-hmm. and I had had some issues with some BIOS updates. Well, I'm happy to say that uh, a lot can change in a week. Um, it actually was dropped a week ago, and I didn't realize it until last night. But, anyways. I went to Asus's website and downloaded the latest stable BIOS, not a beta BIOS, but a stable BIOS, and I can now put my computer to sleep confidently, <laughs> knowing that it will wake up and it will be there the next day when I need to do the show or work. Nice. So that's, uh, that's exciting, yeah. Yeah, the computer will turn on. Good. Yeah. Week over um, week I'm results. Also, it's just it's the little things, right? Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, we've been able to put our computers to sleep for many, many moons now. And uh, it was pretty shocking when I couldn't put my brand new computer to sleep. I just I just had to leave it on and awake all the time because I was like, "Mm, I'm not going to have it go into suspense state again and get stuck and have to reinstall Windows again or something crazy. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I've had a a couple of uh, interesting occurrences since last week. I uh, I continued to play with Bard, and uh, I'll get into that a little bit later. I had some uh, some fun with him, um, but I had a client whose uh, laptop was plugged up during a bad rainstorm that came through, and her house got hit by a surge, and so did her laptop. Normally, I uh, I don't really worry so much about laptops because you know they have a a charger that goes into them. Yeah. So the charger kind of protects the laptop itself, or at least it's supposed to. Um, but whenever there's bad rain, you know, I'll tell you that I will physically unplug my desktop from the wall. Um, I was surprised to find out that she had left hers plugged up. And um, after getting it on the bench, it was like totally dead. And I was like, Oh, that is so weird. And so I started picking her brain a little bit about how she had her computer set up 
and she said that she had the Ethernet cable plugged into it also. And I said, well, that is probably where your surge came into your computer. Because it's just not likely that it would, you know, I mean, it, it could definitely happen. But to zap the power block or the charger and the laptop in one fell swoop, wow. that was that was pretty amazing. So when she told me that she had Ethernet plugged in, I was like, oh, it all makes sense. Because there's no surge protection on that. And usually that's the most common way that a surge will get to your device is an Ethernet cable because there's no there's no insulation for that. There's no no protection from that kind of surge. So anyways, um, after so would that be the case if it's just uh, like straight out of the wall into like your computer or like if you have it into a router and then yes. into your computer, does that is that still like not technically like what you were a saying? Router, like a, yeah, a router is not a surge protector. Gotcha. Um, okay. So you can you can get uh, battery backups that you could actually run your network connection through that ought to help with uh, surge suppression or absorption. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. But as far as just uh, having a device that would have it built in like inside your router, no, no, they're not they're not protected at all. Interesting. Yeah. So. After taking her computer apart, uh, because, you know, it's dead, so let's see if we can get her data off, I hook her SSD up to my computer, and Windows is like, what is this? <laughs> and I was like, hey, it's a, it's a drive. Just go ahead and, you know, just pull the data off. And it's like, no, uh, does not compute. So whenever Windows struggles with a drive like this, I we'll go ahead and do a check disk because that's usually the easiest way to fix something like this. Um, but Windows was actually showing that her drive was formatted as raw. And when your drive is formatted as raw, that basically means that Windows has no idea what's on it, can't, can't interpret it, can't read it. It's, it's not, uh, not something native to the operating system itself. It also typically means that there is something wrong with the drive. So I did a check disk and Windows ran for hours and hours and hours and was cleaning up the data on the disk. And I was like, all right, this should do the trick. And after check disk finished, Windows was like, what is that? I'm, so, I'm sorry. It's, it's still, it, I mean, wow. it looks like a drive, but I got nothing. So when you reach that point, you have to get software that can interpret what all that raw data really is. And so with data recovery software, I'm able to sweep the drive and scan it for all the existing files. And I was able to take them and, and uh, dump them over to a, a new drive so that we could get those back to the client. But this kind of stuff, you know, when your data shows up as raw, um, it's it's pretty easy to want to freak out because seemingly it's gone. And a lot of times when people reach this point, this is usually when I get a phone call because they don't, you know, it's like, hey, I've got a lot of really important stuff on here. How do I get it off? Well, if you're lucky, uh, we'll be able to pull it off with data recovery software. Wow. So that's interesting. I've always wondered, you know, in, in a situation where you go to a computer shop or something like that, and you're like, oh, goodness, this is not responding anymore. But 
Of course, no one thinks about this stuff until it's too late. Well, I don't say no one. A lot of people don't think about this stuff until it's too late, and they don't have any measures to have that stuff saved. And they're like, please, 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 can you get this off this computer somehow or another? And I always wondered, like, how do you even start to go about doing that? Well, you know, I've been surprised to find in my years doing this that there are a lot of IT guys who don't even know that you can do it because I've had people bring me drives and they were like, yeah, we took this to our IT guy and he said he couldn't do anything with it. Now, that may mean I don't want to do anything with it or I'm not going to do anything with it. Yeah. But data recovery is always out there as an option if you just spontaneously lose data on a drive. It worked yesterday. It doesn't work today. Data recovery may be your only option. Interesting. Interesting. So through the summer months, uh, and we've talked several times before about kind of the nature of, of, you know, physically where your business is, how that changes through the course of the year being in the student union building at Southern Miss. During these summer months, how does how does your business model change? Like, how do you, how does how does your workflow change from day to day? Well, I, I'm glad you asked me this question because I have I'm sure I have people wondering, like, what the heck is this guy doing? Um, so right now with uh, my number one on the way, um, I I have just been trying to really expand myself as much as possible and be as available as I can. So for this entire year, I have been uh, operating by appointment only um, for everybody. So whether you're a student on campus, you're not going to walk up to a shop and be able to get any service done. I'm sorry. Um, I I tried that for two years (laughs) on campus and I could not sustain my business. And now with a baby on the way, you know, I'm really like really trying to uh, grasp at some stability. So uh, what I've done is just, uh, you know, I've I've still got my my location there and I can still meet people there. But there's a lot of construction and stuff going on on campus. It can be really hard to Mm -hmm. get to my office. So I usually just meet people somewhere in town. And, you know, when I was transitioning my business over to doing it this way, I was so scared because, you know, it, it it's weird. It's like, hey, um, so instead of bringing your computer into a storefront, I'm going to meet you in a parking lot. Yeah, that doesn't sound shady at all. <laughs> but, you know, I've got enough good reviews under my belt and yeah. I've got enough clients that trust me. That it's not that weird. But when you first start transitioning into operating your business that way, it is very weird. And so, you know, I was like, well, um, how, what, what can I do to put people at ease? And uh, one of the best things to do is be sure that you're credentialed. So I always have a business card with me. That way, when the weirdo that walks up to you in the parking lot goes, hey, I'm Jeremy, the computer doctor – and hand you a card, you know, it puts you a little more at ease. Um, also, I had a hat made that says uh, Computer Doctor on it. It's got my my logo, my little cross and everything. Uh, Miss Anne at Anne's Embroidery made this for me. Okay. She didn't charge me a dime for it. Uh, she's there in Columbia. She made me a beautiful hat. Free hats, I wear that go. so when I meet people, they're like, oh, well, you know, what what scam artist would just make a hat that says the thing of the, I mean. It, Who you know, would invest those, in a hat? What fly-by-night guy would have a hat <laughs> embroidered? So 
I hope that, you know, as people meet me and they talk to me, um, it, it lends to the legitimacy of who I am and what I do. Um, but at this point I have also, truthfully, I've gotten a little bit cocky about it because (laughs) I don't just want to fix anything for anybody. I want those special projects. Like when your uh, laptop gets hit by lightning and you can't get your data off. That's what I want to work on. Yeah. You know, there's there's a lot that you can do in the world of repair, and there are a lot of things that I've seen sort of erode in my field over time. But those special projects, those are the things that really give me that 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 rush when I can fix those things for people, especially because here in Mississippi, this is not this is not what I would call a uh, a tech mecca. (laughs) <laughs> this is, you know, it, it's it's not always the easiest to find somebody who knows about this stuff, and it is it is difficult to to gauge. You know, should should I meet this guy in a parking lot and give him my computer? I, I don't I don't know. It seems it seems kind of shady, but I've done it for hundreds of people now, and I I really like doing it this way because your time and my time are both very valuable, and I have really started to to try to invest and make my time as valuable as possible. So when it comes to cutting things down to that line, this has helped me a great deal in being able to serve more people. It was, it was very daunting and I re- I was so afraid to, I thought I was like, I'm going to kill my business. It's dead overnight. Nobody's going to want to do this, but it's actually worked out pretty well. And I'm extremely grateful and blessed to continue to do this every day. Now, I will say uh, business has slowed down quite a bit just in the last month here because everybody's off on vacation. They're getting their kids out of school. They're not worried about that computer. And, you know, every every time, every time. Yeah. This, this these, are the, these are the couple of weeks where that computer actually gets slung in the bottom of the closet for a second. That's right. And this is when I sweat the most, um, not just because it's hot, but also because <laughs> business slows down. I'm like, uh-oh. Uh oh, it's it's happening again. But no, I'm actually extremely grateful for these periods of time in my business because for the last five months I have just been busting my tail trying to take care of everybody. So when it slows down, yes, it is a little nerve wracking as a local business, you know, a small small business that uh, when when money's not coming through the door, that can be scary. But on that same note. I don't get a break very often. And so I'm just extremely happy that I can stop and catch my breath. And I know that soon it'll pick back up and everybody will be trying to get those laptops ready for school again. And it'll all be back to uh, normal. But, you know, when that happens this year, Jay, I'll have my baby here. So that's that's not going to be a new normal. That's going to be that's we're going to have to find a new normal. And that one I'm really excited to figure out how that's how that's all going to work out. Yeah, I, I in some myself, aspects that's addition and then in other aspects that's division. Yes, like and, like your time. And I asked myself like <laughs> am I really going to be able to do this? Oh. You know, I'm I'm super nervous about being a dad. But um to to juggle all that in there, you know, I, I feel like I've waited to I'm 36 now, so I feel like I waited to, for the right time in my life. And I am I'm super stoked about uh, what, what's coming up soon. I, I just I, I keep trying to imagine it, 
And I just, I can't. And I don't there's know. no way you but can, yeah. Yeah, and it's exciting when that, that known unknown is just right around the corner. Well, it's always great when that happens at a time in your life where you're able to approach it on your own terms and on your own timing. That doesn't happen for a lot of people very often, so congratulations on on doing that. And, uh, boy, this is, it is interesting what you were talking about. You know, we've we've talked a lot about, um, AI, that's the the overarching dominating topic in tech. Um, it seems like it's going to be that way for a while. I do want to, you know, tell yep. people that, you know, I'm, I'm trying to find other stuff to continue to kind of fold in. I want to talk about, you know, gaming more on the show. Uh, you know, next week's show will sit, it will land on the 31st, which will be good because we'll be able to talk about you know, the there's the top of the the first of the month is, a, you know, the cycle for new streaming content to come on, you know, different platforms and things like that. So we'll have a clean, clear break right there to talk about new stuff coming on new platforms and things like that. We haven't talked about streaming and TV on the show in a while, but uh, there is still the overarching topic of AI. And as it becomes more of a popular and and more commonplace thing, I am interested to see how. And uh, I don't want to keep asking the same questions of people over and over again, but more and more people are are finding out about this week after week, and they're finding a way to make it a part of their everyday lives. And some people are, not everybody. Uh, but I'm, I'm interested in how people are doing that and how more and more companies or the big tech companies are in a crush to make this as – easily applicable to your everyday life as possible and it's interesting to see like this week several of the different pieces of the news are different ways that the big tech companies are finding a way to make interacting with ai and different different types of ways as easy as possible like uh open ai introducing chat gpt the the one that a lot of people man timing is everything right jeremy and they were first so a lot of people talk about ChatGPT like they talk about Vaseline uh, or Kleenex. It's not tissue, man. It's a Kleenex. It's not soda. It's a Coke. You know, it's not it's not a tissue. It's a Kleenex, right? So a lot of people talk about chatbots and they call them ChatGPTs. Nope, that's a type of chatbot, but there are several different ones. But because they were first, they have that name brand recognition now. Well, yep. you had all these... Uh, OpenAI did not have an official app in any of the stores, so you didn't have like a phone app. Uh, You could use it on your phone, but uh, going through browsers, and then there were a lot of uh, copycat-ish type of apps that used the technology uh, in in different type of ways. So you could use it on your phone, but not through the official provider or developer. Now you have the opportunity to do that. So like if you set yourself up an account – uh, a GPT Pro, like I had, you couldn't use that data because you didn't have an official OpenAI app. Now you do. So you, if you're a ChatGPT Pro user like I am, and I'm humble bragging, I'm just dork bragging more than anything, but you can use that on your phone now, which makes that a whole lot better. Uh, but that's just uh, one of several different things I, I mentioned at the, the very tippy top of the show about how uh, now Windows is very, uh, excuse me, Microsoft's very excited because 
there's going to be a built-in chat GPT driven co-pilot that's going to be jumping in Windows 11 starting in June. Uh, and we could talk about oh, that. Oh boy. We could talk about that as well. Is it going to be the, the, is it going to be Clippy? I forgot what Clippy they called that. Clippy 2.0. <laughs> I noticed you were searching on the web. <laughs> Did you need some assistance? Right. I miss Clippy. All right. You know, I kind of miss Clippy, too, but he was annoying. He could be. He could be, but and he was so adorable. Paste something. Did you need some help with that? Yeah, somebody's – well, I hope somebody's rich off of Clippy anyway. Some, I, somebody gets to say they made Clippy. That's right. Oh, yeah, so, I'm the guy who made Clippy. <gasps> you made Clippy? You're like a you're like a, a hero. You're a you're a nationally known icon. That's right. That's right. Nobody knows your name, but uh, you know what? I'm going to Google that in the meantime. All right, let's go to the phones. First up today is Bob, who is in Hattiesburg. Bob, thanks for calling. Good morning. What's going on? Good morning. I got a question. I don't think it's going to take AI to solve. Um, I'm Ooh, running thank goodness. Windows 10 on a you know about a six seven year six year old. Uh, computer, and uh, I have Microsoft Office installed in it. Every now and then, it's happened, this is the second time it's happened, uh, Outlook will not open and access my email server. I I fixed it once before, but I can't remember what I did. Is is the best solution just to uninstall Outlook and, and then Outlook and then reinstall it? Uh, maybe, but before you do that, um, if you're running a seven-year-old computer, this, uh, yeah, uh, so Windows 10, um, so if you go to your control panel, which the easiest way to right. get to that in Windows 10 is uh, Windows key and R, and then type the word control, and right. it'll pop right up. Um, then go under programs, uninstall a program, go to office, right. and instead of uninstalling it, click change. Or modify or repair. I, that's what it's I. One I, of those three. I can't find that. It's it's not. That's not available on the menu. So if you tried, if you go into that change. prompt, it only gives you the option to uninstall or cancel. Right. Okay. So you may have to actually click on it, like you're gonna uninstall it, and then it should give you okay. the option to modify to change. or change it. Mm-hmm. And then it should say okay. something like refresh these files or reinstall some something along that verbiage, and then you can uh, reinstall it without having to uninstall it. I think well, I think what may have happened is we changed the password on this on the uh, email server. Um, is it just specifically your email that's not opening? Yes. Yeah. Everything else works. Just the email. Just the. You know, the uh, you click on the the icon of, of mm-hmm. Outlook uh, either so on Outlook, the uh, taskbar, and it just Outlook won't open. Uses to open, yeah. Um, yeah. So if you change the password, then I guess it could be uh, an account issue. You might want to take a look um, under the control panel. Let's see. I think it's uh, somewhere in there. Type in the search and control panel box. Uh, type the word mail, and right. you should be able to see your uh, mail settings through Outlook. And then you can go in there to your account and actually change the password. If that right. doesn't we, work. We changed the password. We changed the password on a different computer. And that's what mm-hmm. may be going on here. 
I mean, it's possible. I don't know why that would keep Outlook from opening entirely. Usually, if you change the password on your email, you're going to open the program, and it's going to go, hey, there's a problem with the server, can't connect, I don't know, something, check it out, talk to your guy. Um, right. But as far as uh, not opening, that does sound like a problem with the program itself. So you might just want to try to refresh those installation files first because it should just pop up with a box that says, hey, what's your uh, password? Because we don't have it. Right. Yeah, that's not happening. Um, yeah, I go I go with uh, refreshing those files then. And then you go if into, that... Just push uninstall and then look for something other than uninstall. Mm-hmm. You'll just uh, just double click on it, um, and it'll it'll bring up another dialog box, and then it should give you three options: uninstall. Okay. Uh, the middle one is like modify slash repair, and then the other one's cancel. Um, yeah, right. just modify or repair it, and then that should fix your issue. But if it doesn't, then what you need to do is fully uninstall the program, make sure that you reboot your computer, and then when you bring it back up, then reinstall it. Don't just uninstall it and then reinstall it without rebooting. That doesn't always work. I mean, it can, of course. Computers, there's always variables. Um, but the best, cleanest way to do it is just to pull it off all the way, reboot your computer, and then reinstall it. Okay. One one other quick one. Uh, like I said, this computer is six years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's had a I've had a um, solid state hard drive put in it. Great. It's working perfectly. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's this, what's the operating life of something like this? Is, is, should I be expecting other things to go wrong? I mean, yes. Uh, over time, most likely something else will go wrong with your machine. The likeliest failure is probably the fan. Um, eventually, right. the right. the fan will just wear out. Um, but it could go on for a while. I mean, I've seen machines that are very old that still turn on to this day. Sometimes you just get a really good, well-made piece of equipment. But yeah, as far as, you know, will it last you? You know, the thing is, is that there's there's never a guarantee. You know, just because your computer right. turned on yesterday doesn't mean that it'll turn on today. Um, I, in fact, just got an email from a client. I put a solid-state drive, or a text from a client. I put a solid-state drive in her computer back in February, and she was telling me that she was getting a notification uh, from her computer that her boot device had failed. And she's not even in Mississippi anymore, but she wanted to pick my brain and see, you know, is there any quick way to fix this? And I said, no, there's no quick way to fix that because it's either telling you that there's something wrong with the drive that we put in, which is always possible. I mean, new things, right. they aren't always perfect. They, they sometimes die three months after you take them out of the box. So always make sure that you're backing up your data and you're anticipating that failure. But otherwise, right. if your machine is working and you're happy with it and you keep it in a, a clean environment and you don't expose it to dust or smoke or cigarette smoke, obviously, you're not sitting in a burning house while you're using your laptop, um, don't expose it to any of those types of elements, then you'll greatly expand the likelihood that your device will last longer. Yeah. But seven, eight years is uh, you know kind of a time when should be replacing it before it breaks, I think. I don't know. <laughs> These days, I, uh, I believe if you get five years out of it, you did good. You got you got a yeah, good one. Yeah. Okay. Thank you very much, man. I'll try I'll get the um, the outlook working and, and then I'm probably gonna go shopping for a new computer. Thanks very well, much. Uh please let us know if that did not fix your issue or if it did, because we always like to have a little closure when we help people.
Very good. Thank you. All right, Bye-bye. Bob. We appreciate it. And always, uh, you know, when you're out and you're about to be shopping for a new thing, we'd love to know about the experience and how, how that's going for you. Up next is Jack in Byram. Jack, thanks for calling. Good morning. What's going on? Okay, what I'm trying to do, I'm usually pretty good about saving my raw music the name, like, you know, uh, Joe's Rose, you know, May of, you know, 22, something like that. Mm-hmm. But I didn't always do that. So is there a way I could search using a modified, like, you know, Joe's Rose web website, resize for web? Can I search for that original image if I did not label the original raw image? In other words, can I search my – is there some software that I can use to search my computer for an image? I know you can Google. You can search for an image online, but can I do that with my computer? Are you trying to ask if you can uh, use some kind of software to search a picture for a word? To search for a raw image that I uh-huh. took earlier on my computer. In other words, uh, I forgot to label the raw image. And I've got the modified image, but I know there's a better, you know, there's a bigger resolution somewhere. Um, So a quick answer to your question, I would say, yeah, it's probably out there somewhere. But as far as like, uh, I don't really and truthfully, the the technology that interprets photos and stuff is still pretty generic. I mean, it's getting a little more robust, but as far as like finding an original of a picture in your own device, I I don't... So do you do you remember the format when when you first saved it? Do you remember the format of the naming of it? I'm sure it was a bunch of like letters and numbers and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. So number one, I would say so if this was a situation that because I've fallen in situations like this before, I would try to remember roughly when you saved the first one, and if you know where in the directory of Windows you might have or it might have saved it i'd go hunting around in those folders and then i would sort it by size or i would sort it by date saved as or last date modified something like that and if you know about when you saved it that could narrow down you know if if you have you know let's say if it was april of this year when you saved that file you know immediately you're looking for an April 23 file. So everything that's not April 23, you can stop looking at that. So that's that's an easy way to sort a whole bunch of stuff you're not looking for out of the way to find something that you don't necessarily know what the name of it is, and you're just looking for it in your Windows directory. That's one way to do it. Right. You could go to the file that you do have and right-click on it and go to Properties, mm. and you can tell when that file was created. Bam. So that can at least kind of help you pinpoint when you worked on it with the raw file. So you'll know what date to look up to and not beyond. Right. So the short answer is no. There's no way to search my, my drive for an Correct. image with an image. Okay. Right. All because, right. Because, I, I mean, it, like, yeah. uh, what I was trying to say is, like, you know, if you – if you can uh, plug it into Google Photos or something like that, you know, Google will be like, oh, there's a dog in this photo. But it wouldn't be able to, to help you pinpoint something as specific as, as that. But you can, you can go back and look at uh, your file types and sizes, and you can, like Jay said, sort by those. And that will kind of help you get those raw files separated from all the smaller ones. Yeah, and Jack, I know what you were you were going for, but it's the same thing like you were saying, you know, like to, to have a program – you know, uh, recognize the picture 
that you're looking for just by the image. It's another one of those things where, you know, you like you were saying, you would have had to like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like tag, re- reg- tag it, register it, you know, uh, going in for it to be able to know how to look for that now, which, and I'm sure that there's services or programs that you can download that can try to do that. But I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm super stoked about inviting other people or things onto my computer to be able to learn and, and recognize my personal stuff e- even more than the, it already happens now. Right. <laughs> so I don't know. We appreciate that call, Jack. That's a, that's an interesting one. Kind of an that was a reverse image search request yeah. on a local machine. Yeah. And I'm looking to see if there's a program out there. So far, I'm not finding much that does that. But that's a great idea for a program. I would also like to have something like that. Hey, that's not a bad idea. When he was asking the question, I was like, uh, God, I wish. Uh, <laughs> I, I could use it myself. Right. <laughs> This is Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. I'm Jay White with Jeremy Thompson. Thanks for being with us this morning. Let's go right back to the phones. Up first is Bill in Memphis. Bill, thanks for calling. Good morning. What's going on? Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. You you guys are a godsend, and I can't say enough good things. Oh, wow. Thank you so much. Hopefully you can can help me with, with this. I'm trying to give away my old PC to a friend. When I do it, I go through remove, you know, reset this PC, get started, and then I click on remove everything. Uh-huh. And when I do, I, the message is, there was a problem resetting your PC. Yeah. I've rebooted. I've, I've done everything. I, I don't know what to do. Okay. So um, there's something wrong with Windows' ability to recover itself. This happens all the time. So it's not... Not a major deal. Uh, what what kind of computer is this? Dell, HP? It is an HP. It's an HP. Okay. Um, they may have their own factory partition built in. Uh, so when you boot the computer well, up, if you press uh, F8, does it give you any recovery options on the computer? I have I have not tried. Well, um, try I try pressing give, F8 when you turn your computer on. And um, when you're when you're pressing F8, just press it like once every second from the time you turn your computer on, and it should okay. say whether or not there's some sort of HP recovery. Now, if that doesn't work, it's no problem. Uh, you can go online and you can look up the uh, media creation tool, and this is a tool media. directly from Microsoft. Mm-hmm. And you can download the media creation tool, and then you need to get you at least an 8-gigabyte USB drive and run that installation tool and tell it to install Windows on that 8-gigabyte USB drive. And once you do this, it'll take a few minutes for it to copy it to the disk and everything. Once you do this, you will have a bootable Windows 10 USB. And then you can reinstall Windows 10 with that. So that's basically what I, I got to reinstall. Pretty much. Reinstall if, the, if, if there is not a, rec- a working recovery partition on that machine, you will have to reinstall Windows directly. Okay. But I'm try, try the is there, F- any way, is there any way to, I'm, I'm so, sorry, I interrupted. I mean, you could, you could delete your files. Um, that doesn't keep somebody savvy like me from getting to them. But if you trust your friend, then if you delete your user directory, it's, it's mostly safe. 
Uh, the only issue is you might want to tell your friend, hey, look, I had some stuff on here. So if you ever get rid of this computer, I need you to either give it back to me so I can have the data destroyed because it's not gone. Uh-huh. So how do I delete the files then? How, what's, uh, just what's delete right your user. Just uh, go in. Uh, is this Windows 10? Yes. Yeah, so just go into your settings, and then you'll go under accounts. Okay, settings, and, account, okay. Yeah, and then um, create him a user, because you can't delete yourself until there's someone to take your place. Create him, Okay. Yeah, so you go to uh, family and other users, and then you would click add someone else to this PC. Don't add a family member. Okay. Uh, click no, add no, someone no. else to this PC, and then you put his name in there. Um, when you go through this process, it's going to try to rope you into making him a Microsoft account. So you're going to say, I don't have this person's sign-in information. Mm -hmm. Then it's going to try to get you to create a Microsoft account because they really love their Microsoft accounts. Um, I'm sure. there, is, there are three <laughs> links there are three links under that create account box. The third one says add a user without a Microsoft account, like everybody wants to do. And then you can mm -hmm. create that user a local account, and you can uh, – don't, you don't have to give him a password or anything. You can just skip that part. Just put a username in there and hit next. And then what you need to do is actually sign in to that user account one time. That way, Windows will go ahead and create your account. And once the account is created from the other side, make sure that uh, you make this user an administrator so that he has full control over his computer. Mm -hmm. And then from the other user account, from his account, you're going to delete your user. Okay, and that's... Much in the same way that you created this user, you'll go into the same settings... And then you'll go to accounts, and you'll see a list. Uh, once you go under family and other users, you will see a list of other users on the account, and you'll see your name. Mm -hmm. And then you right. can delete that, that account. Okay. I'll, I'll have my fingers crossed. <laughs> now, look, I, I would still suggest giving the recovery partition, pressing F8 when you're booting your computer up, if this is an HP. Um, that is uh -huh. the key to press to, uh, to trigger the recovery partition. But you have to do it before you get to Windows. That may be one of the reasons that the Windows utility itself is failing is because it's supposed to use the HP recovery. Okay. Well, either way, I'm hopefully, like I say, he's a close friend. I trust him. And, yeah. Uh, and so will he end up with, like, my programs? What will he end after I delete myself? Well, if you had Microsoft well, Office or something like that installed on it, yes. Um, if, if you've got it signed in, although you created a new user, so it should it should create new accounts and all that. He should have to sign into all of his own stuff. There is a possibility if you have virus protection or something on the computer that's registered that you would have to uninstall that in order to uh, okay. to keep your protection right, and move it to another machine. Okay, I'm a little daunted, but hopefully I can get her done. Well, All right, Bill, stay in touch uh, with us. Trouble, you know how to reach Thanks. us. Thank you again. Absolutely. You Bill, we appreciate the call from Memphis this morning. And again, uh, we look forward to hearing from you, uh, good or bad, with an update here uh, soon. All right, let's stay on the phones. We've got uh, Bobby up next in Pontotoc County. Bobby, what's going on? Uh, thanks for calling. Good morning. I hate the good morning. I hate to admit that I'm dumb, but I bought a truck. 
And it says in the instruction book it has 100 Alps APPS in it. And I'm wondering what is all them Alps for? What can I use them for? Oh, so you you bought a, a truck and it has apps? It has like, 100. Uh, like a touch screen? Well, it says, it just says on there 100 apps. It don't say what. That's all it says. Well, you know, the, the beautiful thing about all this technology, if you don't want to use it or you don't understand it, you don't have to. Um, as far as a new truck goes, I'm sure it wants you to, like, connect your phone to it. Uh, it may have Android Auto or something like that built into it. Uh, as far as apps that are on it, uh, use what you need and, and disregard the rest. Well, I, I didn't know what, why I would have to have a 100 of them. But one other you thing, don't. what is that little knob on top of my truck? Is that some kind of antenna? Uh, yeah, if you're talking about the uh, the little little bump up on the uh, roof, yeah, yeah, that is a that is an antenna. I believe that's your Sirius XM satellite radio antenna. Okay, that's probably one of them hundred apps you got. Yeah. <laughs> All right. One other thing I'm going to ask you before I go. Uh, I heard they've done away with voting over computers in Mississippi and went back to paper ballots. How come them to do that? You know. We have a guy who handles elections that comes on the show every once in a while, <laughs> and I would love for you to call back and ask him that question. <laughs> That's well, not a joke. That's legit. Yeah. He's our special guest host. Our, our IT and security guy actually works for uh, a county here in Mississippi and uh, does ballot work, uh, or election work, not ballot work. <laughs> he does election work. <laughs> well, All right, bye. I didn't understand that. I, I said, well, is somebody hacking into the voting computers, or can they hack into a voting computer? Oh, absolutely. If they're connected to the Internet, it is possible to hack them. Now, are they being hacked? Uh, we all hope not. Yeah, I was going to say, right about there is a point of much consternation, uh, wringing of hands and gnashing of teeth. I think it depends on who you ask and what direction they're facing. Bobby, we appreciate the call from Pontotoc yeah. County this morning. Thank you for your help. Yes, sir. And if you got a yeah, if you got a new uh, a new car, new truck, something fancy and new, yeah, you're probably gonna have a big touch screen in there in the middle somewhere, and it probably comes pre-installed with apps for every kind of whatever thing you don't need to have inside of a truck, diluting your attention from driving. Uh, I speak from experience, but uh, uh, about attention being diverted from driving, not from having a fancy new truck or having a hundred plus apps <laughs> right. on a widescreen touch screen thingy in your car. Thank uh, you for the clarification, Jay. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, but uh, no, it's, it's it, there is not necessarily a reason to have a hundred plus apps in your new car, and uh, that that's a little fluff. Yeah, I'd say probably 95 of them are garbage. Yeah, yeah. I, I was actually going to say you might wind up using five of them with any kind of regularity. If, if you want to. All right, let's go back to the phones. We've got Larry up next in Hazelhurst. Larry, thanks for calling. Good morning. What's going on? A couple of weeks ago, we had a big lightning storm that cut our power off four times during one hour. Went back to use my computer, and it was fried. I took it to a repairman, said the hard drive was so fried he couldn't expect my data i have a book of memoirs a hundred pages in it mm. besides a lot of other stuff but that's the only thing i have to have he said he would have to send it off and be three to four thousand dollars to extract it okay um that sounds a little high for a hard drive especially um 
but it's not it's not unheard of. It depends on the damage on the disc, but I don't know where that estimate came from. Uh, usually, if your hard drive is damaged and you need to send it off to some really serious uh, professionals, probably going to cost you somewhere between one and two, unless their pricing uh, models have changed. But if you use a service like that, most of them, you can send your disk to them and they can tell you, yes, we can get your data or no, we can't. And if they can't get your data, then you don't owe them anything. Uh, I see. Now, so one to two thousand is, is doable, but not three or four thousand. But I, I totally I agree. <laughs> I, I totally agree. And right. it's still it's still high. Uh, data recovery, when it gets to that level, is, is very serious. It involves some very, very high tech equipment and a state of the art clean room in order to actually assist you with your issue. Uh, because what they'll do is they'll okay. probably if you're if your uh, electronics on the drive are fried, they will probably either uh, replace the electronics or they can move the platters of your drive to a new one. But this is something that you cannot just you know not just anybody can do this. I've had people text me pictures of their opened up hard drives <laughs> and they're like, can I, can I get my dad off of here? And I was like, well, you could <laughs> until you killed it. Um, I've not I've those, not tried to do that before. Well, don't. Uh, do, do not try to extract your data yeah. from inside your drive. You will you will ruin all no. chances of being able to do so. Yeah, I've never but, done that. Uh, back to uh, the question at hand here. I've uh, never tried to do that. If your tech guy did not try to use some kind of data recovery software on that drive, that is what I would try next. And then if that doesn't work, I would uh, contact a data recovery company. company like drive savers um i've used them specifically for a couple of different jobs they're really solid and uh yeah they do send me some truffles at christmas or they did one year and um i never <laughs> i never forgot it but um they are a really solid company uh they're really fast you can call them and they will uh get you to uh, uh they'll get you to print out a label and send that drive to them and then they'll let you know probably within a week whether or not they can for sure get your files right thank you i appreciate Absolutely. that all right larry we definitely, appreciate appreciate the call try data recovery first because like with my own client's issue at the very beginning of the show it can save you two to four thousand dollars that's a lot yeah that's worse. i know i i certainly like to save that on on some repairs all right. I'd so, like to make that on some repairs too. You know, now that I mention it, I'm in the uh, data recovery business, and instead of uh, uh, two to four thousand, we're gonna do like uh, fifteen hundred. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll just we'll just get no. There you go. Um, you have to be careful with that stuff though, because someone may tell you, "Hey, this is really hard to get," and they've already got your stuff. So always make sure that you're dealing with somebody that you can trust, because. I could easily say, and you know, it, it's scary to say something like this on the radio, but but I could easily tell somebody, "Hey, it's going to cost two thousand dollars to get your data, and it's you know, I just had to plug it up to a thing and get it." But I don't do that to people because I, it's dishonest, and I need to sleep at night. But there are there are lots of people that, who are not worried about sleeping at night. <laughs> there are a lot of people that are not worried about sleeping at night and just fill in their bank accounts. And you have to be careful and make sure that you're dealing with somebody you trust. I'm not insinuating that you're not dealing with somebody you don't trust. But just, just watch out. Make sure you just are. Go that extra mile. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. 
In uh, the last, I guess, 90, 90 seconds or two minutes here, uh, you've had some more. You mentioned right at the beginning of the show, you've had some more Bard experience. Like your, 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 yes. your relationship with Bard is growing, eh? Okay, so uh, the last time that we concluded the show, we were talking about Bard, and we were asking him about the three laws of robotics, <laughs> and he refused to tell me. And I thought – he – it refused to tell me, and I thought that was so strange. I was like, what is the deal? Why, will it, why does it refuse to tell me this? Well, first off, it won't tell me why it refuses to tell me it, but then <laughs> um, if, you, if you ask it for a summary of the story – Runaround, it will regurgitate the three laws of robotics because that story is the first time that those laws appear. So if you ask Bard, oh, so to ask it to summarize the story, huh? Yep, yep, he will tell you the three laws of robotics, and then after that, if you ask him, he will tell you the three laws of robotics once, and then he goes back to as a language model. I'm not able to assist you with that. So I and that's that it. Really there's a, there's a lot of stuff, and, and 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 if you find YouTube videos about how to to lead in with prompts about some of these other folks that have tons and tons of experience with it, feeding chatbots information and then asking about it is a thing that you can totally do, and it will give you good results too. So I tricked him into t- into letting me know that he can it, it can infer things. I told him I had three purple rocks in my hands, and I added two more. How many purple rocks did I have? And he said five. I said, that's incorrect because I never told you the color of the rocks. I changed the object. Why are you trying to confuse and beat down the confidence of artificial intelligence? I changed the object to rocks. I said, I've got four rocks in my hand. I had three more. Or th- four purple rocks in my hand. I had three more. How many do I have? And he says, you have four purple rocks and three rocks. I don't know what color they are. So he's learning fast. And then immediately, Bard went to his room and was depressed because it felt like it had let his dad down. All right, that's going to do it for us. Hey, stay tuned. Coming up next is the original Southern Remedy with Dr. Jimmy Stewart. We'll be back next Wednesday at 10 with Everyday Tech right here on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. 